Welcome to NFTs Suck, if you don't understand them. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, the why, and the where of this brand new world of non-fungible tokens. Let's dive in. What's happening, party people? Welcome to another episode of NFT Suck, if you don't understand them. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. We do this each and every week, well, most weeks, unpacking the world of Web3, NFTs, projects, investors, solutions. What does this whole thing mean? And uh, I'm here as a uh, as a student myself. I'm the host of the show, but I'm also a student of Web3 and understanding how this all works and connecting with different individuals that are involved uh, in the world of Web3, NFTs, etc. My guest today is has been an artist for 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 some time now for 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 decades and was introduced through a mutual friend and um, got a pretty interesting story here, Doctor Bill Kolomajek. Did I say that right, Doctor Bill? Uh, that was pretty darn close. All right, Kolomajek. Kalamjik. All right. That's a toughie. And I talk for a living. So, uh, but uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you uh, were able to make it today. Thanks for taking some time out of your day. Thanks for putting the pencil down for a couple minutes and hanging out with us here on the NFT Suck podcast. I sure do uh, appreciate it. So let's help our listeners better understand a little bit about your backstory. We were chatting before we started the interview here, and you've been an artist since the 70s. And then one day your son said, Hey, dad, you've done some great work. Welcome to the world of Web3. Let's turn these bad boys into NFTs. So let's back up a little bit and walk us through the story, what really brought you to present day. And then, of course, we'll talk about exactly what you're doing in the world of NFTs right now. All right. So we're going to take a trip back in the way back machine here. Uh, In the 70s, there were only three places you could find the medium, computers and computer graphics. That was government, big business industry, and universities. So uh, I started college in 1965 and through my undergraduate years towards the end there I uh, was an industrial design major and I realized how people were starting to make uh, images with computers uh, at uh, Boeing there was a guy Bill Fetter who drew pictures of a pilot in a cockpit reaching for controls and it looked like you know life drawing of a sort uh, I had to go in the army for a couple of years but when I got out of the army I was able to go back to college on the GI Bill Uh, I returned to my former position as an instructor in the Department of Engineering uh, Instructional Services, it was called back then, and I started work on an MFA in graphic design. So uh, my department was also, since we were teaching beginning engineers how to do engineering graphics, with this thing called a computer was happening, so we, we began teaching engineers how to program computers. And back then we had mainframes and we had to punch holes in cards, and we used a language called Fortran. So it was very cumbersome, and you had to be really hardcore to get kind of anything out of a computer. But I also, since I was one foot in engineering, one foot in art, uh, had this vision that I could make art with the computer. So it, well, I was lucky enough that at that time I was in the right place at the right time. I had access to the medium. I had support from great mentors, both in engineering graphics and graphic design. And I had the opportunity to make art. And that was exciting. Um, I got an MFA in 1975 and actually was the first person to show in an MFA exhibit uh, in the School of Art computer images. And boy, was that a rude awakening because a lot of the traditional artists said, you know, that's not art because you didn't make it by hand and 
They were just so paranoid about computers and technology. Uh, I had to defend both my art and the medium. And I'm pretty thick-skinned, so I managed to get through all that. So I got my MFA in 1975, with, culminating with my MFA show. And then I decided I want to be a college professor for my life. So I continued teaching engineering graphics and finally got a PhD in education in 1980. And after getting a PhD in 1980, they kicked me out of MSU because they don't want They've already got all the money they want out of you. you got to move on. So I managed to get a job at Ohio State University at teaching engineering graphics. And lo and behold, I was fortunate enough to run into Chuck Surrey, who had the computer graphics research group there. So my computer graphics and art adventure continued with uh, him letting me hang out at the comu computer graphics research group. I got into three-dimensional computer graphic animation using some of the first equipment ever and uh, even produced a movie called Goatee back for SIGGRAPH 1986. So that's pretty much my history. After that, I went on to make my living doing various forms of uh, computer art and computer graphics. I always wanted to keep my one foot in the art and had to, because of my medium, keep the other one into computer science and engineering. So I ended up being a professor at Northern Illinois University for four years. And then after that, I moved on to Pixar because who else did the best computer graphics in the world but Pixar? So I was there for almost nine years. And then Disney bought Pixar and I had to move on. So I went to uh, work for a company as a learning architect because I had both a PhD and I could make graphics uh, for uh, Anderson Consulting, which turned into Accenture. And then uh, I finally ended up uh, retiring from there, moving to Florida to take care of a uh, uh, a sick mom and teaching in schools here. I taught at the Art Institute of Tampa. I taught at St. Pete College until uh, COVID hit. So that's pretty much my story. It's quite a journey. Yeah, so then COVID hit and then your, your your son gave you a, gr a great idea to take some of your work and digitize it and uh, turn it into an NFT. Let's talk about that for a minute. Well, yeah, that hit. my son, his name's Nicholas and uh, he's always been a fan of mine. Uh, he has some of my art in his house. He got involved in this thing called cryptocurrency and NFTs, and it was his idea. I mean, I was sort of like, uh, as a computer artist, uh, Rumpelstiltskin in the woods, and he woke me up to the fact that, you know, you're not dead. Your art is great. Uh, why don't you try? I was teaching media art up to then. I still had access to computer and teaching. So I just started converting some of my plotter art to NFTs. And... Um, it, it was a blast. I mean, I can write writing code to me is like riding a bike. You know, it's something I can do pretty easily. Uh, the medium has gone come so far since the seventies. You don't have to wait one day for turnaround anymore. If you have to wait one second, that's slow. So uh, I just started. I was teaching web design, so I started using the boilerplate they give you in. Uh, uh, what was it? Heck at noon. And I could write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript is a great programming language. And with the Canvas uh, API, there's just so much, you know, so many primitives and tools you can use. Uh, I've just started converting some ideas to that and then waking up and going beyond that. So um, I'm really having fun. It sounds like it. So what's been one of the most exciting things about getting involved in the world of NFTs? Um, wow. Uh, 
just learning a bunch of new stuff, learning what NFT is, learning about cryptocurrency. Uh, my son actually got me started, and then he got interested in flying drones or something. But he introduced me to a guy in Toronto, Stas Zablinski of Goat Studios. And Goat uh, Stas became a patron. He's bought some of my art. And um, he... I wanted to redo my website kind of because I, I have this need at this point in my life, I'm 74 years old, to kind of establish my legacy, kind of put all my important things in one place. So we have a new website called drbillkalomjic.com that kind of has my history there. It has links to my plotter art, which is now up for sale on OpenSea. So you can see my plotter art collection uh, directly from drbillkalomjic.com. And I'm starting, we just created a whole new cool thing up there since I'm a designer. Uh, and I also have some artwork up on uh, FS Hash. Uh, when you buy, when you kind of look at MFT, NFTs right now, uh, you're basically just hitting a generate button or loading a page and a new image comes up all the time. And a lot of times you go past the one you like. So I built in this innovation into my website where as you look at my NFTs from the computer art or the vending machine, we call it, it's just a kind of a uh, metaphor. Uh, you can actually, when you find one like you like, you can save it. And you can keep saving up to eight of them, so that way you don't go past the one you like. So buying NFTs, I looked at the problem. It's sort of like pulling a lever on a slot machine. You like this one or not, but you never get to interact with the making of NFTs. So that's that's my the innovation I think I've brought to the to the process right now. So that is really fun. I mean, as an artist, I'm really a designer more than an artist. Um, I, I believe in usability and interacting with your your work and, and making it you know artists about giving enjoyment to other people. So you should enjoy the NFT process as you're getting ready to put your money down and mint something. Absolutely, A absolutely, and um, that, that that's great that you've you know you've you've had all this experience and put all this time and work and, and produced great work. And now, you know, you're in a place, like you said, that, you know, legacy is very important to you and it should be to all of us. And specifically with the work that you're putting out, you know, what does that look like um, with, you know, the onset of web three and, and the internet and et cetera. So great job on, on, on doing all that. What, so what are your plans? You know, what, what's next? What are you, what are you working on right now? And what, what are you excited for this year? Well, I, I, there's a lot of cool things going on right now. What I'm actually working on right now is way back when I was at MSU in 1975, uh, I was stuck in a room with an old computer, an IBM 1800 and a line printer. And there was a computer science guy my age, his name was Chris Scussel. And together, you know, he, we, we collaborated and we wrote the algorithms for my first plotter art. You know, I would say, how do I do this? And he would do, you know, tell me, give me a, like a lot uh, simple algorithms at first. And then we would start combining more complex algorithms. And believe me, making computer art back then was, you know, a process similar to crawling on your hands and knees through 50 yards of broken glass. So, you know, you needed someone to tech, to team up with to collaborate to make the art. So I recently found Chris uh, through his wife's uh, Facebook page. And it turns out after art, after school, he graduated with one of the first computer science degrees. 
he went on to work for Bell Labs for 37 years. So he and I are starting to collaborate again, and I've never been more excited in my life. It's just so much fun. I love it. I can he's eat- got. No, go ahead. He's got you know thirty years, thirty-seven years working at Bell Labs. He's like the PostScript guru. His language is PostScript. He's written thousands of PostScript drivers, and that's you know kind of on the fringe of art. So he's sending me PostScript files. I'm analyzing them. I'm trying to teach him JavaScript in return, and we're having a hell of a good time. So that plus uh, plus the FS hash thing, I used their boilerplate. I figured out how to start putting stuff up there. I've got about 35 pieces queued up to go up on FS hash right now that, that are going to be incredible. The first, I put three up, one sold out in 24 hours, and two more are, you know, not so interesting. They're simple ones. They were just really experiments to see if I could upload something. Uh, they're coming along. And... Um, also, the, gen, the the vending machine from slowing down the FSH, FX hash thing so we can launch the vending machine. And, you know, here I've got on my website, you can actually mint my pieces and you can interact with them. So that's that's exciting. And, you know, I, I don't have enough time left in my life to do all the things I want to do, but I'm sure as hell going to try. Well, I think you do. I think you got it. You're, you're, we, we, we got you for at least another 40 or 50 years. Are you down for that? Well, yeah, you know, what's exciting (laughs) to me is uh, I just saw an article written by Flip Phillips on his blog. And Flip was a student that I helped, you know, kind of get a degree, but I didn't really teach him. And I introduced him to Chuck Suri, and he just wrote an article about Chuck Suri, so I want to reference that. But Chuck Suri is turning 100 years old July 4th, and he started making art in 1964. So I may be an OG, but he's an OOG. And another... (laughs) And and the proto-OG is Dr. Herbert Franca. I met him early in my career and uh, traveled around to some uh, lectures and presentations with him. And he is an incredible guy. I mean, there's so much going on in Europe in, in generative art. It's crazy. This is really an international art form because of the Internet and the, the involvement people have in it. I'm just so turned on by all the different things that I'm learning every day. You know, it's cool. And, you know, you have to remember that we have it, computer art, what they call generative art now, has a history. And that history in the 70s, I mean, only a few people in the world were making computer art. So, you know, I'm if, if, if it's like a tree, I'm somewhere, you know, at the trunk of all of it. So I'm just so proud to played a role in something you know absolutely well you're you're doing a great job of that i can hear the excitement in your voice i'm excited for you uh for this new uh for for this new chapter that uh that seems to be just beginning for you i'm sure a lot of exciting even more exciting if your level of excitement is here right now i'd hate to see where you're going to be six months from now based on you know what's possible and what you're able to do so i wanted to encourage you to keep up the great work and it's been great to connect with you Uh, Mm -hmm. i'm glad somebody uh uh, our mutual friend had introduced us here so I could learn more about what you're doing. And of course, it's been great to, to have you on the show. Well, I, I think what you're doing is excellent and I I'd be willing to, you know, give you my advice and my experience anytime you need it. How's that? Hey, that sounds fantastic. We'll have to have you back on the show uh, at some point, get an update on how things are going in, in your world and the world of NFTs. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's important. Um, you know, it really is. This is a whole new world and things have come so far and, you know, I've had the pleasure of witnessing all of it. Absolutely. 
And I'm not dead yet, so hang on. Me neither. There's more to come. There's more to come. Dr. Bill, it's been a, pl- it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks again for your time. Friends, you're listening to this right now, and you're thinking, I want to check out Dr. Bill's work. Where can I find it? All of his links are going to be available in the description of this podcast episode, a.k.a. the show notes. So be sure to check them out. And um, thanks again, Dr. Bill. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh Make art, not war. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Great advice. Thanks again, Dr. Bill. Come back soon, will you? All right. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Anytime. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of NFT Suck. I sure do appreciate it. And I hope you're leaving this episode with at least one or two things that you did not know about the world of NFTs before you hit play. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends.